We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's going on, Knicks fans? Welcome, welcome to another episode of Cap Rules Everything Around Me. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. We have a very exciting episode. We are less than 24 hours away from free agency officially, well, unofficially starting. Uh, should be a fun time. We got you covered tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, some news that has broken recently. Uh, Chris Haynes reporting that Jalen Brunson will be taking meetings with the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat in addition to the Knicks. That just feels like a great way to not have any tampering charges. Uh, you definitely don't want Brunson to be in the room with Pat Riley as he delivers his uh, spiel for why he can make the Miami Heat an elite team even further. But uh not super worried. Their their financial situation is a little different. It comes down to Dallas and what they want to do. But it was also seemed to be reported, believed by Mark Stein, that the Mavs are not exactly holding out too much hope for this situation. So we will see what happens tomorrow. Um, maybe with the meetings that Brunson is not going to decide tomorrow, he might want a day to think it over. Or he might just, I don't know, have a Zoom call with all three of them and then 8 p.m. Just wrap it up. Nice, pretty little bow on it and figure it out. So, uh, yeah, that's where we go. And uh, first comment I have in front of me, um, Totes My Goats. I'm here early hoping I get a shout out. Shout out, Totes My Goats. Great name. Love it. Um, there's, there's your shout out. Uh, from JG, is Beal going to get the bag from Washington or is this him really wanting out? All indications seem to be that he wants to stay in Washington, that he does want the bag. I mean, financially, I say this financially, the way that you get Beal, or one of the ways you get Beal, especially if the Knicks are looking to clear out Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish, is uh, then to trade Julius Randle and Derek Rose. That's where the math works. Is that what's going to get it done? Probably not. But the thing to keep in mind, and I'm not suggesting... Beal will be here by any stretch. But what I do think is kind of interesting is the fact that, well, when you're an unrestricted free agent and you do a sign and trade, your value, if you're the team, 
that is trading you away, the, their value is pretty low. Not like low as in they're not going to get anything, but low enough where it's if he had opted in and they had one year of team control, makes a lot of sense. But if it's zero years of team control and Beal says, hey, I've spent my entire career here, want greener pastures, whether it's New York or another place, that's when the leverage shifts more to the team that's acquiring him. And then the Wizards aren't just going to lie down and take it. They're probably going to try to put up a fight in some way, um, and which will be in the case of, you know, a pick couple picks, but it's not quite as severe as say if Beal were, you know, there was a year left of his deal or half a year. But again, I, I, I don't know what any of these players is thinking whatsoever. Can't blame him for getting the bag. That's generational wealth on top of generational wealth. So good for him, but you never know that the, the wizards to me, I know a lot of people rag on the Knicks plan and is there a plan? There is no plan and all that. But to me, the wizards are, pretty much the epitome right now of a team on a treadmill of mediocrity because they've got some nice rotation pieces and Beal, but um, not a whole lot else. So might just be best for them to part ways. But listen, if Bradley Beal wants to return for five years, you just do it. And then if you really want to Blake Griffin, him, you can if you're Washington, but we'll see. Uh, sneaker premiere with the uh, very kind super chat contribution. Thank you so much. Uh, please tell Knicks fans two unprotected, uh, one unprotected swap, two protected first is too much for Dejounte Murray. Fans think we should have gave that all up and go with Brunson Murray RJ would lead us to the promised land. More so five to ten seed. I just felt that the entire thing with Dejounte Murray made a lot less sense when Jalen Brunson was rumored to be in the fold. And you have to think that if the Knicks don't believe they could get Brunson, they would have pounced on Murray. But obviously that has changed because Murray is now a member of the Atlanta Hawks. I don't quite get the offensive fit. Don't know why Brunson would be here. I understand the cap strategy of, hey, this is an all-star. Let's bring him in. But the other thing with DeJounte Murray is he had a really good season. Um, Definitely a good player, no doubt. I don't mean this as slander, it's just that he was also an injury replacement, I believe, for the All-Star team. And if memory serves, then it's the sort of thing like, well, if he weren't an injury replacement, what would the narrative around him be? Because I feel like labels just kind of take you further. But uh, again, he he was an All-Star. It's a great haul by San Antonio. I I see what Atlanta is doing to an extent. I think there's still one major piece away, but they got better. But the unprotected picks, you know, I, I understand if you're a Knicks fan, you see DeJounte Murray and you're saying, like, why is it that the Knicks with 11 picks didn't do that? Again, I, I've maintained I would rather have Jalen Brunson here and just have him with money than I would trading assets for DeJounte Murray when there could be something down the line. Because even though you have 11 picks in seven years, 11 first round picks in seven years, you don't have to use all of them. You don't have to use some of them, you don't have to use most of them. So um, I'm fine with it. I, I would understand it again from a cap perspective. Don't think it would be a great fit. Doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, it's a clutch client with another clutch client. So they stick together. Uh, Zach Smith. Hey, Jeremy, not Knicks related, but does the CBA allow for the Spurs to be a part of a sign and trade as a third team for uh, DeAndre Ayton as a salary dump spot for matching? Sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're, as long as they have the cap space, to absorb or trade player exceptions, although they're going to be so far under the cap that there will be no trade player exceptions for them. If they have salary where they can, I mean, they can still be involved hundred percent. The question of course is if Aiton would go to the Spurs. I know that's not what Zach's asking, but they seem to be on a collision course heading South uh, or potentially East for Victor, uh, Victor Wembanyama. Yama. He's going to potentially be the number one pick overall. And the Spurs might have the worst record in the NBA next year. So we shall see, but they can do it. Uh, Forgotten NYC. Thank you for the super chat contribution. As John said, Leon has to resign if uh, Jalen Brunson doesn't come. I I mean, it would be a major, it'd be a lot of egg on his face, which is why I still am pretty confident that it will happen. But yeah, that would be at this point. It's one thing if a few weeks ago, Knicks couldn't get him. 
for reasons. But at this point now, you're committed to him. If you don't get him, that's just that's that's bad. That's not that's not good. That's bad. Uh, Kurt Valenti, there has to be a second guy. Leon has his eye on someone. Does it happen this summer or later on? Who can it be? Could be multiple, honestly, down the, the line. I so l- let me take it a step back because I do have a theory that was kind of ruminating today. But let me start from the beginning. Last night we talked about Jalen Brunson, the hundred ten million dollars. People asked, is the fact that Jalen Brunson's contract is high enough? Can you work out a sign and trade with Evan Fournier? And I wanted to double check the math, and the answer is yes. I think if Brunson is earning more than uh, twenty eight point seven million dollars in the first year then you can find a way to sign and trade Evan Fournier as well. Well, you sign and trade for Brunson, but you'd be trading out Fournier. Um, basically, uh, the longer answer for those who maybe are more interested in the salary cap, because uh, the Mavs are a, a tax team, it'd be 50% of the salary and then times 125% plus $100,000. That just anything above that, uh, it clears Fournier's $18 million. So, that is the prevailing thought of how we probably got from 100 to 110. Now, the Mavs may not want Fournier. I think there's going to be a staring contest between the two of them because the Knicks can just sign Jalen Brunson and the Mavs lose him for nothing. But the Knicks also seem to want to move off of Evan Fournier's salary. But here's where it gets really, really fascinating for me, and I'm just scratching my head. So the Knicks can do two different things. Uh, they could essentially do the one-for-one trade in the sense... Uh, and create cap space or they could try to sign and trade for Brunson and then gives the Mavs a trade player exception. The Knicks then give Fournier fit fit him into the traded player exception and then the Knicks walk away with the traded player exception. What's confusing to me, or at least what I'm trying to get an understanding of is, well, there's still talk of moving Cam Reddish. So if you have these traded player exceptions, right? It's the Kemba Walker one. It's the Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel one because it seems that those are two separate ones. And then it would be the Fournier a trade player exception. You wouldn't necessarily need, you know, like a $9 million one, an $18 million one, and a $19 million one. You could, but then how are you getting Brunson? You have to clear cap space and renounce them. So you could find a way, yes, to then, you know, get Brunson, have an $18 million or so trade player exception. And then sign Mitch. And that's the case. But I'm a little skeptical of that, especially with the news of potentially still wanting to move Cam Reddish. Here's what I can say. Uh, I, I know that things are eerily quiet with the Knicks. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just factually. It's, it's like Fort Knox right now. There's not a great reading on what's going on. And um, and listen, they're not the only team. I know there's a team in the Western Conference where it's really quiet for them too. Maybe it's the thing across the board, uh, or maybe just multiple teams are up to something. But the prevailing thought here for me is if the Knicks are clearing cap space, why? Right? Like, why would you clear cap space? Because with trades, you would just simply salary match. It would make a lot more sense to do that, right? Like in this example with DeJounte Murray, I'm not saying that the Spurs would have wanted Evan Fournier, but the salaries match. So if the Knicks had wanted Murray, why would they have moved Fournier to another team and potentially paid to move his contract away and then trade for Murray to take him into the cap space? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And what I had been thinking about today, and I, I know that no matter how I say it, it's either going to excite a lot of people or it's going to anger people. And I, there's no way I can get through the thought process without doing either. So I'm just going to lay it out. I didn't really think much of the cap space, all that. And then this morning I read the Jake Fisher article and basically it talked about how the Knicks would be extending Mitchell Robinson. And I thought, okay, like that makes sense. Sure. It was four years and said in the range of $60 million. And I was just thinking that, that seems like a lot because we're talking about someone in Mitch who was potentially on the trade block. Granted, I don't know how close it was, don't know what was offered, but he was on the block. So it feels like committing, even with five or six million dollars in non guaranteed money, even if it tops out at 60, that seems like a bit. Now, I know that Ian Begley very recently, within the hour, within the half hour even, said that it seems like the Knicks were looking for backup options, not for Mitchell, not, not 
to Mitchell Robinson, but but specifically behind Mitchell Robinson. We're resigning him and and going about that route. But what I kind of walked away from was, well, what are you clearing your cap space for? Because you can look at the market. I mean, there would have to be a ridiculous amount just to get Levine. Moving Fournay and Cam Reddish is not going to get you there. Uh, and it's certainly not going to get you there for Beal because he's earning 35%. So what are you doing exactly? And then there was the paragraph below it talking about DeAndre Ayton. And I know people asked last night if they think DeAndre Ayton's possible. And I just kind of was like, that's ah, really complicated and, and don't really know about that. And then uh, today it's kind of thinking like, well, if the Knicks are still looking to move Fournier and Cam Reddish, what other free agents are really out there? Presumably if you get Brunson, like, you're probably not going to go after someone like Colin Sexton. You're probably not going to, like I said, there were some re- unrestricted free agents who just probably aren't going anywhere. The math gets too tricky. James Harden's not leaving this, the Sixers. Um, and then it's just like a dramatic drop-off in other players. And it's really like, you're not going to get Miles Bridges if you have Obi Toppin, and, and especially if Julius Randle's still here. It makes no sense. And so my whole thought process was like, well, the Knicks could still do the Evan Fournier and Jalen Brunson sign and trade. That would leave them with, I want to say like, ah, well, as I pull it up, it, it would leave them with enough cap space where it felt like, okay, there's something to work with here. That's pretty good. I'll take it. Um, but the problem there is it's just like, why? Like, What exactly are, are, is being accomplished here? So if you do the sign and trade with the new salary cap of projected $123.65 million, uh, and you did, again, Brunson for Fournier, it tops out at the Knicks having $23.4 million in cap space. If you move Cam Reddish then for no salary return, whatever it might be, then it's $28.37 million with still Mitch's cap hold on the books and waiving Taj Gibson. And so that was the thought process I had, which was like, well, what if the Knicks are raising Jalen Brunson's salary to get Evan Forney out the door, moving Cam Reddish, and then trying to sign and trade for Aiton? And then basically what would happen is the Suns would, you know, sign and trade Aiton into New York's cap space, which in this case, again, is like $28.3 million. And then from there, what you would essentially imagine is, I mean, there are a few options. You, you could try a sign and trade for Aiton and Mitch together. It's probably not going to work due to matching rules, but you could do a sign and trade and have Aiton come to New York. And then that creates a traded player exception of, um, if it's 28 million, for example, uh, 14 million because of base year compensation. And if Mitchell Robinson is making, again, like close to $60 million, that should actually work. You can then sign and trade him into the trade player exception you've created for him with the Aiton trade. And then even the Knicks might get a trade player exception. Or you don't trade Mitch into the Aiton traded player exception. You trade Mitch for like expiring salary if they're looking to get money off the books, like Charge. Uh, and granted, it wouldn't just be Aiton walks away. There'd be a first round pick at least coming back. Maybe someone like Deuce McBride would go because if you know, if you're still if you still have other players, I don't know. But but that's the point where you could still kind of mix and match. It's not a huge deal. But again, I I, I expect the idea of Mitchell Robinson to still be here. I think that's valid. It just kind of caught me in a moment where it's like, why else would you clear cap space if you don't like the free agent market? And if you are unlikely to trade for a star into your cap space and you still need the money to match, even if you used cap space and it, it it's just very complicated. So uh, it's just a long winded way of saying, I think some, something smells fishy. Uh, this doesn't pass the smell test to me. I'm very curious as to what occurs and um, we shall see. But yeah, it just seemed something seems off. Not in a bad way. Just, Something just seems off. Uh, from uh, Lunas Amarat, Super Chat, thank you so much. Uh, your opinion, what percentage of each Evan and number 30 being moved? Uh, I feel like I kind of maintained that Evan Fournier probably needs to get moved. And I think that only intensifies here. With Randall, I just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with the idea of him being traded right now. I think, I just, I think that light has kind of dimmed dramatically. I just, 
it's possible. Sure. It's definitely possible. But his value is so low that I, I would understand why the Knicks would keep him. I don't love that, but I would get it. I, I would understand. So I'll say low. Let's, let's say 10%. You killed the, uh, the optimism is dead for me. Uh, Mino F, Jeremy, why are the Knicks trying to move off of Cam if they just freed up minutes for him and Grimes uh, don't want to extend him? This is the other thought. If the Knicks want to be over the salary cap in 2023, it would make sense to extend him. I think that the Knicks just found that that first round pick, which conveniently is now owned by the Spurs because of the DeJounte Murray trade, would have that Cam would have more value than that. And maybe there's a team that does value Cam more, but they have to find a home for him. And you know, like I'm not saying the Knicks can easily replace Cam, but at the same time, like if you're looking for someone to solidify the three and you're the Knicks, like is Kyle Anderson going to get more than the room exception? I don't know. It depends on if Memphis has the room for him. I don't mean that room exception. I mean, has the space for him. I don't mean cap space. I mean, if they physically want him Um, too many cap jargons. So if they do that, then if they, if they, feel like he's not returning, I could see the Knicks basically saying, well, we're not going to spend the room exception on anyone anyway, unless it's thanking Taj to come back again. So that's certainly one option. But again, it, it plays into this larger plan that I wonder if the Knicks have, but they're just being very quiet about it. So, um, so yeah, Jeremy E. Thank you for the super chat contribution. Tell me the Miami and Dallas meetings are just optics, and I don't need to worry about not getting Brunson. Yeah, I would imagine they're just optics. It's basically, hey, I granted you a meeting, I heard you out. Let's. It just didn't work. I wanted to go a different direction, and I, I would imagine the Mavs meeting might be a little awkward. But he also can meet with the Mavs before free agency starts, so it's very possible that. He does that and then meets with the Heat, whether there's a representative that is in the building, whether it's Zoom or you know Skype, whatever it might be. And then the Knicks meet with him in some capacity. And then he takes some time to think about it. And he probably takes five seconds. That might actually be generous. But he then doesn't say anything because they want to let it you know, mellow out. He really thought... He, he thought so so much about what he wanted to do with his future and he just ultimately decided on this location. So I think it's just more about not getting dinged for tampering because last thing we need is Leon Rose losing another second round pick for the tampering penalty. Uh, Mino F. Jeremy, is a D'Lo for Randall swap realistic? feel like D'Lo would fit better next to Brunson and RJ than Randall. Don't love if it's Brunson and D'Lo. I mean, yeah, I just don't think that the I don't think that the Timberwolves are loving that. I think they, it seems that they might want a five to play next to Cat. And uh, that's not really Randall. I get that why they would fit because a stretch big, it makes sense on the offensive end. Defensively, I'm not super sure. I just think it might be a challenge. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup, no dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending, whether it's producing this show, hosting my own show Final Review, preparing a proposal in Long Beach, doing my taxes, or whatever else. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar, Yukon mash, and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 and use promo code filmschool120 and get $120 off. That's code filmschool120 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 for $120 off. Asfand Yar Janua. Thank you so much for the super chat contribution. How do you feel about Brunson taking those other meetings? Should we be worried or is it just to avoid tampering? Like I've said, I think it's really just, uh, it's really just tampering focused. I, I mean, the heat don't really have, it'd be hard for them to do anything. And that just seems like, how do we find a way to just let sleeping dogs lie? And I wouldn't be surprised um, if, what happens is that the Knicks wanted Jalen Brunson to go to the Mavs so that they wouldn't leave feeling super butthurt about how this all unfolded because there's a rumor, a report rather, that the Mavs were upset the Knicks came to watch um, Brunson play that in game one. Uh, so that's the one prevailing thought. Like, hey, let's try to smooth this out. Work with us. We'll work with you. He heard you out. He made his decision. Let's just put this in the past. Juan Cruz, thank you for the super chat. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, love, love, love your chats. Thank you, Juan. Uh, are Knicks fans going to be crushed by the heat again? Uh, not unless they can clear significant cap space. And I don't see how they do that. Again, it's possible that they find a way. Don't get me wrong. It's just a challenge. It's very much a challenge. So I think it's more just circumstantial. Let's get in there. Let's take the meeting. And it was a third party that we can get. It works for us. Steve Savale. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Do you see a bunch of first round picks and some pieces enough to get Donovan Mitchell? Uh, probably not now. I still think the Jazz are going to try to build with him. He's still not quite in that territory of 
a trade candidate because he has three years of team control. It's usually two years of team control or uh, for players who are like, you know, under the age of 30 or early thirties. Otherwise, if you're in your early to mid thirties and you have multiple years in your deal, the, it changes a bit. So I don't think there's any amount. I mean, listen, if the Knicks offered however many other picks they could do without violating the Stepien rule, then I'm sure the jazz would latch on. Just, I don't, think the Knicks would be wise to do that. And I think the Knicks know that too. FM lag. Knicks being so publicly involved with Murray, uh, Hawks had to pay a huge premium on unprotected picks for him. Actually glad the Knicks didn't go too deep. This is the one thing that I do want to say about DeJounte Murray. If you look at the reporting, it seems that the phrasing for it was that the Knicks have had interest, have had interest or um, it, it doesn't, it didn't strike me as the Knicks are interested. They're a huge front runner, all this. It seemed to me like a leverage play. But what I was really hoping for was that we would get a report where it was, are the Knicks interested in DeJounte Murray right now? And it would not also shock me if a reason why they were floated. It, it's true. I know this as well. And I, I'm not doubting the reports because they are accurate. That that's It's accurate. The Knicks have... It did have interest in Murray, but I think it was a while ago. And I just wish that kind of had been more explained. But I think a big reason why the Knicks are doing that as well, by keeping their name in the ring, it's it's basically the team version of, hey, let's try not to tamper. Like, well, no, no, we, we weren't in on Brunson because we were also in on Murray until the last second. And then he took these meetings and it worked out perfectly. So I think it's as much to kind of, get the Knicks to cover their tracks as it is for Brunson to cover his. And by floating their names now, it was much more of, see, they're just exploring all their options. Murray didn't work out. We pivoted. We didn't get Ivy either, so we pivoted to Brunson. Duran, visual variant. Thank you for the super chat. Possibility of signing Mo Bamba to replace Noel, or do you think Sims will be the backup? I think Sims will be the backup, just based on the fact that I think in the last 23 games of the season, I was the games that Sims played after the all-star break. He averaged like 19 minutes a game. So I could just see him basically playing 20 minutes or so, 21, 22 Mitch plays 26 to 28, something like that. It'd be nice that the Knicks could go small at certain points, but I don't think Tibbs is necessarily going to do that. So I would just, you know, assuming the Knicks go use cap space and renounce their TPEs, which feels like almost a given, I would then sign Jericho Sims to a three to four year contract minimum. If they'd done it when they were above the cap, then it'd only be two years at max, uh, not max contract, maximum years. So do that. You get some nice cheap labor from Jericho Sims in a backup role for a few years. That's pretty nice. So I, you know, I just, I don't think Bamba is in the cards. I think he makes a lot more sense elsewhere, just not necessarily here. Philip Spatola, what would a package around Mitch and Randall for Aiton look like? What would need to go in? So it can't be Randall. It's similar to the Brunson thing. It's still base your compensation where even if uh, Aiton's making a max, which is now I think from 30.5 to $30.9 million, the most the Knicks could probably send back in that situation is like $19, 20000000 dollars. Randall's making more than that. So he wouldn't work. You'd have to send Randall pretty much for someone who's already under contract or to a team that has complete cap space. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So with Aiton, it's a different story. It'd have to be other parts moving. With Mitch, it could like I said, you know, you could move Mitch into a trade player exception that was created by trading DeAndre Ayton to the Knicks. Um, you could do it for Crowder, although I don't see that happening because I don't see Crowder in a backup role unless they, again, like if they're moving Julius Randle, then it makes a little bit more sense. But Obi Toppin's in a backup role because Crowder's probably more of a four at this point. Uh, and if he's not, if he's closer to playing the three, then he's imposing on RJ unless RJ shifts down to the two. And I don't think he does. So it's anything with Aiton is not going to have Randall attached to it. 
at least it shouldn't. Uh, what's the latest on, uh, excuse me, Fern Rodriguez. Thank you for the super chat. What's the latest on Zion? Last I read, New Orleans is going to offer a max with injury incentives. Zion to New York sign trade. Zion threatening to take the one-year rookie extension. So if Zion did a sign and trade, it would be next year. We'd get to deal with base year compensation all over again. I would imagine he'll just take a nice, juicy contract extension. Wouldn't put it past him. It's great money. He can always force a trade later. The Pelicans are in a, in a good spot. They also don't have to trade him unless, you know, if he really made it difficult, then sure. But then at the same time, if the Pelicans they might not be too thrilled that the Knicks are the ones who are trying to weasel their way in there. So I'd put Zion out of, out of sight, out of mind for a bit. Uh, Chief Boy R. Could we trade Randall and Cam for Miles Bridges from a money perspective? Same thing. Can't do it like with DeAndre Ayton. Base your compensation doesn't really work that way. You'd have to find a way to switch it up. So like you could do Randall for Hayward, but then you can't do Cam for Miles because Miles would be making a lot of money. But also like you wouldn't keep Miles Bridges and bring in Julius Randall, but I don't even see the Hornets moving off of Hayward to get Randall unless they lost Miles Bridges, but doesn't sound like they will. So um, money perspective, no, that does not work. Sage of the Knicks path. Thank you so much for the Super Chat contribution. Are you saying it's Zion? Are we clearing the books for a Zion move? No, I am not saying that, unfortunately. I think he's pretty well set and that'll be the case for him, which doesn't. Again, New Orleans is a fun, fun team. Uh, from XJ, everything they do feels moot if Randall's still here. He's going to depress every key player's value. Brunson, RJ, Randall himself. Yes. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. If Randall's still here, I won't be happy. But I also know that I will find a way to talk myself into it because what other choice do we have if he's immovable? Right? Like, I would still be upset. I still would be cynical that things will turn around, but he'll, if he's here, he's here. So I, you know, again, at what point is the cost of moving him with picks too great? It's a backwards move. Again, like it, but it all depends on what else the Knicks do. That's the thing. So uh, actually let's, we'll revisit this probably either if it's not tomorrow, then uh, sometime next week, but I hear you just feels like it would be nice to, make a change, but it's easier said than done. Uh, FM lag. Why do you hate Taj, Jeremy? I love Taj. In fact, I was willing to give him the room exception in the Jeremy Cohen plan. So uh, take that. But I do think that he would be best suited if he's coming back, obviously, as the third big off the bench. So if something happens to Mitch, if something happens to Sims, I mean, granted, I would I'd still love to see Obi get more minutes in there, have Randall be a small ball five. I think Taj really is a break glass in case of emergency player, but it's Tibbs and we know his style. So I wouldn't put it past him. Vincent Russo. Thank you for the super chat contribution. Are all these moves getting picks just ammo for Don? Uh, can we keep players and send picks? What type of trade would you do for him? How does he fit with Jalen Brunson? Well, he doesn't fit great with Jalen Brunson from point of attack defense standpoint. Perimeter games, not great. Uh, both pretty short guards, don't necessarily love it. Um, but Andrew, could you throw that back up? Because I just there a few questions. I don't want to lose track of it. Um, thank you very much. So the thing with moving picks and with, with Donovan Mitchell, like unless you're if the Knicks sign Jalen Brunson, you'd have to think Brunson's on the way out for Donovan Mitchell. But then are the Knicks doing that? It, at a certain point, and I know this may seem crazy, and I'm not saying it's it is this way, but the Knicks will have to ask themselves if down the line Brunson and picks are more valuable than Donovan Mitchell. And we'll see. We will see based on the contract. If Brunson's playing well, then might be better suited finding other talent, not at the point guard position. Um, maybe someone who can better complement uh, Brunson. I mean, in, if we're talking about how if Ian Begley's saying that the, their concerns about the defensive fit between Fournier and Brunson. I can't imagine what Brunson and Donovan Mitchell would be for a team moving forward. It just, it doesn't feel great to me. Um, but again, like 
for me, Jalen Brunson, it's it's raising the floor, but it's also if you need it, if you need him to be this, there's a chance that he can be good salary filler in a trade. But we also saw how this past offseason has gone from the season beforehand, where a lot of these players somehow lost value. And that's not good. And we don't want that to happen. So Brunson would certainly need to prove himself in order to be good salary filler. So thank you for the question, Vincent. Dirty Dancer, why does Andrew hate my questions? That's a great question, Dirty Dancer. Uh, I would say he appreciates your questions by throwing up why he hates your question. But um, honestly, that's between Andrew and his God. Can't answer it for him. Uh, From Andrew, which I will imagine is not Andrew Claudio. Thank you for the Super Chat contribution. Your thoughts on idea of starting Grimes for defense alongside Jalen Brunson and making Fournier our sixth man. Quick can then be defensive stopper, bench, logical pairings. (sighs) Matt, I mean, is Derek Rose still here? Is Cam Reddish still here? I just think that they feel they can move Evan Fournier out and they're fine with it that that they would prefer to do that. But, you know, again, I, I, you can, you can find shooters similar to Brunson, similar to Fournier on the open market. They won't be as good playmaking. They may not be as talented as, as um, Brunson is, but actually as, as Fournier is because he can also do a little bit more pull up shooting than someone who could just be found off the street might. But it's the sort of thing where if you're moving him to, a sixth man role on this team. I just don't, I don't think it works super well. I think you have to get him elsewhere at that point. And hopefully it's Dallas. Hopefully there's a sign and trade that can work with the two, but I, I just, I'm fine with, uh, with Grimes being with Brunson. I'd also like to see IQ with Brunson. I think that's the other option. If you're keeping Rose or if you want to try running deuce out there with the second unit, like certainly an option. I wouldn't hate having Fournier here. I just think probably better off moving on and finding a way to move off of his deal. But then if you're above the cap next year, um, Fournier does come in handy as an ex- technically expiring salary. So we'll see. But uh, preferences for him to go. Uh, Sean Christmas. What's the possibility to trade for Ananobi? I think it's probably low. There was a report that the Blazers didn't bite on Ananobi because the Raptors wanted um, the seventh pick overall and an additional first. It's a lot. That's a lot. So to me, it feels like if the, if the Raptors get Gobert, that's where it makes sense. I just don't think it works between the Knicks and the Raptors based on that. Just not, not great. So I I wouldn't count on it happening personally. Um, Adam Leibowitz, thank you so much for the super chat contribution. I uh, thought same thing with Aiton. Also wondering if Phoenix is a possible destination for Randall. Seems plausible. Paul and Booker could be into him. Is Randall possible and Aiton sign and trade? How might it work? Uh, so again, it's not possible based on base year compensation. It's it's a challenge. You'd have to find salary that does match, which I think it would it'd be like Sharich, Crowder, Cameron Payne. Might get you close, but uh, it might. That might do the trick. You got, I think, a little over 10 or 11 for Crowder. Sharich is nine. And then Payne, I want to say, is like a little over six. So that, yeah, that should do it. But, I, you know, they have to worry about paying Cam Reddish. There's Cam Reddish. Cam, Cameron Johnson. So, um, possible, sure. Likely, I, I don't, I don't know. It's also, if you're a contender like the Suns and you were just you want a little bit more consistency, good consistency that Randall provides. So that's what I would say. JG is Macri's favorite player. Duncan Robinson going to be a Nick LOL. No, because I will believe that a heat player is on the Knicks when I see it. And uh, I'm not buying it. I just, the last trade between the two teams was when Pat Riley went to Miami. So uh, I'm a little dubious of that. Uh, In the meantime, I'm going to quickly just look to see if we have any, Late breaking news that I did not see that might be relevant. Um, no, nothing. We move on. Tony Curry, are you aware Randall is a trade kicker in place? I am. Yes, it's $11.5 million. The Knicks are the ones who would be paying it. It would be spread out over four years. His cap hit next year would increase to, I want to say, $27 million. So, uh, yes, I am indeed aware of it, but I, but 
he could always waive it if he wanted to find the situation that was right for him. So, yeah. Drew P, thank you for the super chat contribution. Lowry Brunson trade would put Dallas in crazy tax. Sure, I'm not. I guess you mean Miami because I'm not sure how Lowry would get there per se. But even if it were Dallas, yes, like adding $30 million in salary, you'd have to trade it to, you'd have to do like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell, just as an example. But then you'd be in the same position. But then you add Brunson to the fold at over $25 million. It's a lot. So yeah, they'd be pretty taxed out, which just don't really see it. Don't see it happening. Um, Juan Cruz, thank you again for super chat contribution. So if JB doesn't lead us to the promised land, what's the next move? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, if we're talking the promised land, I, I still don't think Brunson is the guy. And I've been a, a staunch, uh, I've been staunchly in favor of bringing him in. It's more just like raising your floor, getting better. Uh, the next move, I don't even know what's happening tomorrow, Juan. So. Uh, we can circle back to this maybe at the <laughs> at the next uh, cream, but in the meantime, uh, you know, just just get better as a team. Run more pick and roll with Jalen Brunson, assuming he's here. Space the floor a little bit better. Get the best point guard you've had since Stefan Marbury. Feels like a good next step, logical next step. One that will probably be clowned on by people who are not Knicks fans and some Knicks fans too. But um, I'll be happy if he signs. At the end of the day. I'll, I'll go to sleep at night knowing that. And I hope you will too. Um, Dwayne Piper. Who do you think starts at the two guard? Because Brunson Fournier would be terrible defensively. Yes, indeed. Again, I think most people would gravitate towards Grimes. I do think there is a compelling argument for IQ, especially if Rose is still here or if you have Deuce. I understand staggering as well. I'd be happy with either of them. I Again, like even Grimes off ball super low usage guy who just comes in, does his job and that's great. But the other thing with Tibbs, he, so he Tibbs trusts young players. I think that does get lost in the fray, but I don't know if Tibbs is willing to start Grimes in year two, year two for a younger player often feels much more like, Hey, let's, uh, let's get you into the rotation, right? Like I, I've I've said about I've I've talked about before, and I don't mean this as a one-to-one comparison or comparison of talent or anything of the sort. But in terms of the role that Tibbs gave Jimmy Butler, an older rookie, it was barely playing, just garbage time, situational minutes. That was Grimes until he broke through with uh, around COVID. Uh, Season two for Jimmy Butler was okay. You're in the rotation. Season three was yeah, you're getting more starts. And season four, actually, season three might have been. You're a starter. Season four was the all-star campaign. So, uh, Andrew, just don't tweet. You've heard it here. Jeremy's saying Quentin Grimes is an all-star. Not what I'm saying at all. But that sort of role and how he gravitates from one step to the next. That's why I think IQ might be better suited because he is entering year three. And he's just got more experience under his belt. And, And I would trust him next to Jalen Brunson, but I understand why people don't think that the two would work well. I think the length and wingspan that quickly has would, would match up just fine, especially when they close. That would be, that would be important. Uh, Dom Cappuccini. Thank you so much for the super chat. Let's say we whiff on Jalen Brunson. What is the best plan C in your opinion that would allow them to still come away looking competent? Use that noodle, Jeremy. (sighs) Mm. I mean, You'd think Murray would be the pivot, but he's gone. Are you trying to shake down the Pacers and say, we know you need to get rid of Brogdon more than we need Brogdon? Don't love it. Uh, Sexton, Colin Sexton, are you willing to go that high? If you're the Knicks, try to pry him loose. Maybe. I guess Sexton would be the plan C in this case. Um yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't think it'd be D'Lo, although I would imagine he wants a change of ce- a change of scenery. So we'll see. But I'll say Sexton, Vincent Russo. Uh, thank you for the super chat, and uh, of course, happy to answer. I, I love all these questions. You guys are so awesome. Really appreciate this opportunity, uh, Andrew I, and John. We were talking about this earlier. 
So this is actually really cool. We broke a million downloads this year in the year 2022, which um, is just so awesome. The support you guys have given us has just been incredible, especially this month. I mean, it all throughout, all throughout, but like this month too, just we're, we're doing some really awesome things we're, we're really proud of and uh, we're nothing without you guys listening. So um, thank you. And thank you for the questions. Um, so yeah, next one. What we got? What's, what's going on, Andrew? What do we have? Darren Hood, question, Jeremy. What else do you think the Knicks may have in store for free agency other than point guard? Uh, so Darren, I don't know if you heard earlier, but I had a theory about in the event that um, they do create more cap space, they could find a way to get DeAndre Ayton. And, you know, like the Knicks could sign Mitchell Robinson. I'm not suggesting pairing the two together or having one back up the other. They could sign him and they could trade him as part of a sign and trade where probably be two sign and trades that then kind of get lumped into what feels like one transaction. But I think that would be the biggest thing. And then the long, long, long shot, which I'm not counting on, but I might as well just say it like what, what's, what's going through Bradley Beal's head. Is he just, he's going to make a lot of money no matter where he goes. Again, I don't see it. Crazier things have happened. I'm, I'm at the point where I just like, I can't count things out based on how the Knicks are operating. I just can't, I feel like I can't do a lot of it. Like I'm glad that we've turned the page on DeJounte Murray because I didn't think they were going to do it, but I'm glad we can just rule that out right now. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.